Uh, what a, you ever sung that song before? Uh, it's an oldie but a goodie, right? Uh, as well with my soul. And I, I know the, the beauty of that song is that there are days um, when uh, life can overwhelm us and we can forget, we can forget. Uh, that the worth of the gospel, the worth of knowing Jesus Christ, the worth of knowing uh, that though life is painful and it feels bad uh, because of what God has done for us, his love for us, uh, we can say because of the worth of the gospel, because of the worth of heaven and Jesus Christ is well with my soul. Uh, It doesn't mean that everything is to my liking. Uh, It means that uh, we trust in him and for the day. Uh, I, I wanted to pray uh, before I begin uh, preaching this morning uh, for our, our little Leah Kirby. Um, most of you know our executive pastor and his wife, Abby, uh, Brandon and Abby. Uh, they have a daughter. Uh, she's four years old, and she's going to have pretty significant surgery tomorrow, uh, just as we would pray for uh, little ones and their parents, as, as any of you, we want to pray for him and uh, his family and little Leah uh, surgery. So please join with me now. God, uh, we, we acknowledge that it is well with our soul uh, because we're forgiven and because we know the future is secure. We hope in you and your plan for us. And uh, we think of little Leah. Uh, she's heading up to Stanford even today and uh, for her surgery tomorrow, Lord, we ask that you would uh, be with her, calm her little heart. Uh, we ask that uh, you would uh, guide those surgeons as they uh, operate on her tomorrow. I pray that the uh, surgery would be successful, that the um, the rods that they put in her back would be uh, helpful to her and her growth, and that they would affix as they should uh, to her bones and that you would guard her body against infection. And God, I, uh, I pray for successful surgery and the pain management afterwards and for joy for the family as they seek to walk with you. I pray for Brandon and Abby. Lord, I ask that you would calm their hearts and that you would cause them to walk in faith, uh, that they would have a peace that uh, surpasses all understanding and that they would not uh, be fearful uh, for the future, but hope in you. God, thank you for loving us so much and caring for us uh, in the midst of difficult days. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Open up your Bibles, please, uh, to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. And uh, this morning, we're going to talk. I, I, don't, I can't remember. You need to know, you, you need to know this. Uh, um, some of you have asked me sometimes, like Wednesday or Thursday, you've asked me, um, and I don't know if you're testing me or whatever, you say, hey, is your sermon done this yet? And I'm like, I, I want to smack you, you know, I, I, you know uh, I'll tell you when my sermon is, is done, it's usually done, we start at 8.30, um, and it's usually done like 7.47, Okay, uh, that's when I hit print. That's when I hit print, and and you'll see me running uh, through the parking lot with th- this this couple of pages 
If it's rough on you, it will be more than a couple of pages, but uh, it'll at least be probably two pages. And I cut them, punch holes in them, put them in this little binder right here, and it's off to the races. I mean, it's hot out of the oven is what it is, okay? It's like Krispy Kreme donuts. There should be a sign, hot and ready, or whatever it says. But um, as I was thinking about... You know, I keep going over this passage. This passage doesn't say anything about this, but I think it should be titled, I don't know what I titled it, Desperate Unity of the Church. Desperate Unity of the Church. And um, I know many of you are new to Bear Valley Church in the last few years. You haven't been here forever. Some of you have been here forever, forever. And what that means is you've been here longer than I have, Okay. Um, that's forever. If you haven't, you're newcomers. Okay. It's all, you know, my life is kind of, anyways. Um, but desperate unity in the church. And when you think about that, uh, I, I, I say desperate unity because um, I, I want you to know that, that it is a privilege to be a part of Bear Valley Church. It's a privilege. And, and I don't say that's for you. I say it's a privilege for me to be a part of Bear Valley Church. And there's a sense as we walk through the doors here, not when no one's here, but when you all are here, when we walk through the doors here and I get to see you, there's a sense of relief, relief, that I get to see you each week, that I get to be with you, that, that, that you remind me of who I am in Jesus, that, that there's uh, this thing here that this is meant to recharge us and to be life for us as we gather uh, in his name weekly, um, sometimes many times a week here at Bear Valley Church and the, the God's people gather. And there, there should, there's this desperate unity because uh, that, that, the world's doing worldly things and we have to bump into that as the week goes through our school, through our work, through maybe even family members. We, we have the world pushing in on us, world events and, and things and the next pandemics or whatever's going on. It's just, sorry. Um, but it's pushing in on us. And this is meant to be a place of refuge and a place of like desperate refuge that we roll in here. I'm so thankful I can be at church. I, I know some corny pastors are friends of mine, and I, I kind of like it. I may do it as well. They have on their website, it's like a, a you know, it's a clock. It's a clock. Uh, and, it, and it tells how long it is till Sunday. And so it just keeps clicking through. And, and so there, there, there should be that anticipation. Not because... Uh, it's everything that you want, but you just go, man, this is the, the, the desperate place of refuge that I have. And so this passage is a passage of desperate unity in the church, unity in the church. And um, I, I, I want you to get in your mind here, uh, you know, this is calling really for what is my role in unity of the church? I think often we roll up to a group of people or a show, or a sports team, or a business, and we kind of do this. We, we kind of roll in and we go, impress me. Impress me. You know, meet, meet my standards. Meet my standards. Think like I think. Think like I think. And uh, you say, 
you know, that's a good church. And what you're saying when you say it's a good church is you're saying everybody there agrees with me. That's what makes a good church. And that's what makes unity in the church. And you say, well, how do you get unity? Well, unity's simple. Everybody agrees with me. And we will have unity. Unity in the church. I want to warn you that this passage will will uh, confront or you know shock our critical spirit that's looking for things to be the way that we like them. And I want to kind of turn that around, even as we look at this, even as we think of this church at Rome, that there should be a desperate need for the church, a desperate need for the church. I, re- I realize that's. A weird thing to think about because as Americans, many times we're not desperate about anything, right? We're not desperate about anything, right? You know, a job, well, I'll just get another one. We go to a store, you know, they don't have it at Albertsons, what do you do? Go to Save Mart. And some of you are offended that I said Albertsons instead of Save Mart. <laughs> and, you, and, and you cheap people who don't care about anything would say, why didn't you say Walmart? I don't know what I ate this morning. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> but the, the, the desperate need for the church, the desperate need for the church, this idea that I have a role here, that this is what I need to be about. This passage is going to talk about the strong and the weak, the mature and the immature. It's going to talk about dietary laws and sacrifices, pagan religions. And so as we look at this this morning, stand in honor of God's word. I'd like to read to you Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. God's word says this, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, uh, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes that he may eat anything while uh, the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats uh, despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on on the servant of another? It it is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day better uh, as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Uh, Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Uh, The one who observes the day observes it uh, in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, uh, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For, the, for none of us lives uh, to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, uh, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Uh, so then, Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Verse 9. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or or you who uh, despise your brother? 
For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. God, I ask your blessing on on your word now as we look at it. I pray that we would understand and that you would write our hearts before you and that we'd find our place in your church and it would be a place of desperate desire for refuge, that we would find our role in one another's lives and that we would mind our own business and that we would honor you and look to you, worshiping you, uh, for that is what we were created for. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We start out the weak and the strong before the Lord. And the issue here, I hope you heard it, there's uh, one who's weak in faith and, and there's quarreling over opinions. And, and he gives really two examples, two examples of issues that would be in the church. And this church, not necessarily this church, but this church, the church at Rome. Tell me, cue up in your mind what you know about Rome. Biggest city in the world. Center of the universe at that time, right? It was a big deal. Rome was a big deal. And that the Roman church was one that was made up of the people of the city of Rome. And Rome was a group of people from all over the world, all over the cities of the world that came to be in the biggest city in the world. There's everything there. And there's this church or churches. There's this, this group of believers that they're trying to figure it out in Rome. In Rome, and it gets pretty complicated sometimes, right? You, some of you have lived in the, the great cities of the United States, of LA, of San Francisco, San Diego, and that's just California, right? Uh, but um, you, you've lived in the great cities of Bakersfield and Antelope Valley, and you know, you, 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 you've been around, right? You've been around, and sometimes it gets complicated because many different thoughts from many different places, and and now you're found, found yourself in Tehachapi. And, and so as we look at this, um, we look at this passage, they came from different ideas. And, and, and the two things that they have this uh, quarrel over or this separation of that, that are, is mentioned here, there's probably more. In verse 2, it says, One person believes that he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Some of you right now, uh, that just became your life verse, right? You know, I don't want to be a weak person who only eats vegetables. You know, those are the ones that are simple and stuff like that. I'm more on the carnivore diet, right? Um, and and you, you look at that and you go, you, you know, that is the one who's more spiritually mature is the one who's eating the meat, right? Not the vegetables. And the picture here is this. Um, you, you can... I'll, why don't we get over there now, stand to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. Uh, th- this was an issue in the New Testament churches. And, and the picture here is this. Um, is that, there we go. Uh, all things are lawful for me. This is Paul saying, he's writing this to the, the church at Corinth. They had the same similar deal. He says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but I will not... Uh, but not all things build up. And if you look at the context of that passage, he's saying, meat offered to idols. Meat offered to idols. And what you could picture here is this. If you could picture uh, Save Mart, Walmart, 
uh, Albertsons, the butcher shop here. And, and you go there and they would have a section or maybe the whole section would be, uh, this was the meat that was offered to idols. And, and you could picture uh, your, yourself as a, as a believer, as a believer in Jesus Christ. You came to faith and you remember what that was like. This pagan worship where they had taken animals and they'd sacrificed them. And, and the Jews would have known about sacrifices too. And they would have said, you know, this is sacrifice to the Lord. And uh, this was sacrifice to these pagan deities. And it wouldn't just be meat in your mind. It'd be the meat that was offered to idols or the meat that was offered in sacrifice. And don't touch that. That's supposed to be holy. Or don't touch that. That's wicked. Um, and so there's this picture, this struggle, this internal struggle. And when I say internal struggle in the person, but not just in the person, it was within the church. There was some people within the church that said, no big deal, barbecue time, you know, no big deal. Let's just eat. It look, looks like a good kind of meat. You know, it's marbled, it's wagyu, you know, uh, uh, it, it's tasty to eat. If you season it right, you know, and you, you don't think about where it came from, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> That's kind of today too, right? If you don't think about where that came from, you're fine. Uh, but uh, if you think about it and it bothers your conscience and it takes you back to that wicked time in your own life or even that takes you back to uh, like thinking things that are holy that are just objects that were used, there might be a bother to your soul. And so it brings up, uh, he's going to go on to talk about, we'll get there, um, this idea too about days. If you look to the Old Testament, you'd realize there were some days that were special, that there was this idea that this day was meant to celebrate some Old Testament truth and uh, something that God had called his people to, and specifically the Sabbath day. And, and you realize that the Sabbath, as we would think of it, would, would have been, as Jews would think about it today, is Saturday. And the idea that there were some things that you do and don't do on the Sabbath. And that that day would be set, a, set apart as holy to the Lord. And, and, and you'd look at that and they would say, it's all about food and days. And people disagree about that. And so as you look about eating and days and as you think about these things, he refers to them. Look, look, look at verse 1. He, he says, but not to quarrel over opinions, over opinions. And when I say opinions, when I say opinions, you go, oh, that makes total sense. Makes total sense. If you have a different idea, an opinion over this or opinion over that, I get it. I get it. Um, and opinions, you know, every, you're going to argue about those things forever. I want to I be clear on something. He is not talking about sins. Sins. Black and white sins. Uh, does, a, does a scripture, there, there are some things that he speaks clearly about in the scripture that are sins. Uh, having sex before marriage. Is that a sin? Some of you didn't answer very quickly. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And by the way, let, let, me, let me say something. Let me say something. Um, don't guard the garbage can, okay? Uh, tell me about sins. 
Tell me about sins. Are sins bad? This isn't a trick question. I'm just leading you someplace, okay? Sins are bad. So uh, having sex outside of marriage, good or bad? Okay, thank you. Some of you are following me. I appreciate that. Uh, you're, you're following me. How about, how about uh, drunkenness? Good or bad? Okay. Okay. We're getting places here. It's simple here at Bear Valley Church, you know. Uh, I'm not sucking you into anything here, okay? Those are sins, okay? But, but what about sins? What about sins? Uh, when you think of sins, you should quickly think, there's a Savior. There's a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He went to the cross. He was buried. He rose from the dead that I might have life. And so when I say garden the garbage can, you can look to the things in your own life that you did, maybe even struggle with today and say, that's sin and wrong in the eyes of God and it's wicked. I did it. But I also can repent of that and I can be forgiven of that because of Jesus Christ. There's forgiveness. There's forgiveness. Sometimes we do the whole thing of like, what is your opinion? Well, let me think of what I've done, and that will be my opinion. And I'll try to justify the sins that I've committed. I, don't do that. Don't do that. Look to God's word. And die. Okay, so I'm just giving these as examples. So, so sexual immorality, drunkenness, stealing, good or bad? Okay, good, good. That was a little easier, right? You know, the others are a little more dicey. Uh, music, sin or bad? Sin, bad. Good. Yeah. It's all from the pit, right? Especially if there's the drums or the electric guitars, you know, around here, right? The violin's okay, right? We're not sure about the sound system. Um, so so what, we're, what we're pointing out here, what I really want to point out here is there's sin, black and white sin, but there's also opinions, how we're working it out, how we're working it out. And he says, be careful about the opinions. Do not quarrel over opinions. Verse four, uh, chapter, one, chapter 14, verse 1. Uh, and, and then he gives these things, this example. There's eating, eating, and days. And he says, there's differing opinions on those. And, and the differing opinions have a lot to do with spiritual maturity and background, right? And background. And so... That's what he's addressing, spiritual maturity and background. I want to tell you that there are some things of opinions, music, what we should and shouldn't listen to, music. It's an opinion. Got to work it out. Uh, For parents, for parents, I want to be real clear about this. Schooling is an opinion. And I, I, I I want to encourage you people who don't have kids school age, uh, your opinions don't matter a whole lot right now. You know why? Because you don't have to do anything. You're just shooting your mouth off right now, right? Well, no Christian should ever do this. If I was raising kids today, I want to tell you, you're not raising kids today. You have no idea. You have no idea. Schooling, it's an opinion. Uh, what kind of car I drive? It's opinion, right? 
What if I rolled in uh, with a, a, a VW bug, like tricked out, like really cool, like with a, with a rack on top with an old school like suitcase just strapped there for looks? What if I had, what if I had a $150,000, what it fill in your blank, whatever that type of car would be? What about that? What if I had a junker? It's an opinion, right? Uh, there's this idea. Sometimes we look at each other and we, you know, some of you roll in late. I can't believe you're late. But anyways, you roll in late. And as you're walking through the parking lot, you're going, oh, somebody got a new car. Must be nice, you know. Uh, uh, you're thinking about other people and their decisions and their finances. And maybe it's, uh, maybe it's even, back to the, the raising of kids, maybe it's travel sports, right? You're, at, you're saying, well, I would never, you know, I'd never have my kid in travel sports. Or, or I would have my kid. In, like, I don't know what that is. Uh, maybe it's drinking in and of itself. I, I like the drinking example. I love the drinking example. You know why? Because we already talked about sin. What is sin? Being drunk. Is drinking sin? Some of you are hoping, hoping not, right? <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, uh, what about vacations, where you go to vacation? Some of you say, oh, I'd never go to that city on vacation. Sin City. <laughs> ah. Maybe it's other things. Maybe it's uh, screen time at your house and internet, and maybe it's what you'll watch, and maybe it's, uh, you know, other, there's tons of things. Bible translations. Some of you go, oh, you know, I've studied about Bible translation, and I would never have that one in my house. Colleges, hats in church, whatever it is. Okay, here we go. What do you do with all these things? What do you do with all these things? One through three, I want you to get this. One through three is welcome who God welcomes. Welcome who God welcomes. I I want you to get that. So let me read through it again. As for uh, one who is weak in faith, welcome him. Welcome him. What do you do with the weak one in faith? What do you do with the one that is different in opinion? Welcome him. Verse 2, one, one person believes that he may eat anything while the weak person only vegetables. See, there it is again. Verse 3, uh, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. Why? For God has welcomed him. For God has welcomed him. And this is, should be a defining, like this should be a defining principle. Sometimes we think uh, because something bothers us, something bothers us, that God cancels them out. And, and to ask the question, does God welcome that sinner just like he welcomes this sinner? And he does. He does. And so, I know this sounds obvious. It sounds funny when I say it, when I think about it at least. Um, is God looking for our approval on others before he can welcome them? Should we, should God agree with us 
or should we agree with God? Okay, you got it? Uh, as we think about this, we should, we should uh, let's welcome who God welcomes. Verses 4 through 6, there's a reason why. There's a, there's a master-lord relationship. Verses 4 through 6, uh, look down and it says, uh, who, are, uh, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Uh, it is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day better than another, and while uh, another esteems all days alike, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord, gives thanks to God. What you see here is this master-lord relationship that we would have. And, and I, I, I think this is super important, super important within the church. We're talking about unity in the church. How do we have unity in the church? I want to tell you that we should not be fearful of one another. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be fearful of the opinion of one another. You shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't roll into church and go, oh, maybe I shouldn't have worn these shoes today because so-and-so is going to make a comment. Oh, you know, I, I need to get there on time because so-and-so will make a comment about me being late, right? You know, I, I probably shouldn't wear this bright of a shirt because somebody's going to know. Like, like you shouldn't be thinking about one another. And by the way, you shouldn't want to be thought of. You shouldn't. You, you shouldn't be the one that is critiquing in such a way that people are thinking about you, about the way they live. Why? Why? He said it in verse four. He says, they have a master. They have a master and Lord already, and you ain't it. Okay? <laughs> You're not the one. You're not the one. And so the desire in the church is not that we would impress one another or live up to one another's standard, but that we already have a Lord. It's not us. So as we think about this, we have a master-lord relationship. And for us to remember both for ourselves and for others, we're to remember uh, that we serve him we serve him we have a master and so as i think about this first section verses one through six i i want to say i even prayed it i don't know if you're supposed to pray those things i think you are that we as a church would mind our own business mind our own business and and what i mean by that is that we would not be pointing and picking at one another and wagging our finger and you should you should that if you have sentences that start off with you should it's probably the wrong one okay whatever's coming next probably isn't a good thing okay you should i should that's probably a better sentence start right i should do some things there's some things that i should be doing which brings us to verse seven me and myself all before the lord jesus um verse seven Look down at it. 
for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. Uh, for if we live, we, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Uh, so then, uh, whether we live or we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. What a beautiful, beautiful thing to say. Um, and in verse 9 as well, it says, uh, for, for to this end Christ died and, and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. And as we think about our lives, we think about our life before Christ. Who, who was Lord? This is, a, this is a tricky question. I'll, I'll tell you this. Who was Lord? Who was Lord before I came to faith in Jesus? Who was Lord? The Lord was. I just didn't acknowledge it. Okay? I was dead in my sins. He was Lord over all. I just didn't acknowledge it. Uh, and, and, and what he connects here, verse 9, he says the resurrection, his death, burial, resurrection, right? His resurrection. He, he came to life so that what? So that he would be over, the Lord over all, both the dead and the living. Spiritually dead. You know, that's the shocker for unbelievers. That's the shocker for our teenagers sometimes and our kids. They say, well, I got a different idea than God. <laughs> great, great. You got a different idea. He's still Lord over all. Jesus Christ is still Lord of all. Well, I'm not going to listen to him. You can do that. You can mess up your life every day of the week if you want to. And it'll still be messed up, and it'll still be the, the problem will be that you haven't acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord of all. And so what we see here is for me and myself that I am before the Lord Jesus. I, I think so often we are narcissistic in our focus, right? We think our, ourselves the center of the universe, the only one that's important, the one that matters most, the one that can make their own decisions, right? And you say, well, I have a different idea. That's fine that you have that, but it's wrong and sinful in the eyes of your creator. And we don't just live for ourselves in verse 7. Uh, we don't just die for ourselves. It's, it's not about us making our own decisions. It's that we would understand, verse 8, uh, for if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. These are all under his uh, authority. They're all under his. And, and for us to acknowledge that, we're going to get that into that in a moment. But the Lord is over all. And that's important as we think through the unity in the church. Verse 10, brother to brother, all before God. Verse 10, uh, why do you pass judgment on your brother? And, and, and by the way, by the way, once again, judgment. He's making a distinction between that which is sin, that which is sin, and that which is opinion, right? And, and, and we don't need to be judgy, right? But we, but we also don't look at sin and go, ah, sin could be okay for you, Right? 
Uh, God's clear in the Bible, but maybe there's like some, you know, maybe you have your own Bible, right? Maybe there's some like okay for you type thing that I can't, no, that's not it. Sin is sin, opinion is opinion, right? And so as, as we look at this, he says, don't pass judgment on your brother, verse 10, or you, why do you despise your brother? Why do you cancel him out in your mind? Why do you uh, ignore him? Why do you uh, dislike another person because they live differently than you? The vegetables, the meat thing, the day over the this day, you know, the, the idea of thinking differently is okay, is okay. And, and all this was connected to each one being right in their heart before God and listening to him and, and acknowledging him as the Lord. And he says, why, why would you do that? End of verse 10. Uh, For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Verse 11, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, uh, every knee shall bow. This is from Isaiah. Every knee shall bow to me. He's already said this, chapter 10. Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. And then he summarizes in verse 12 by saying this. So then each of us will give an account to God of himself, of himself to God. Who, who do we give an account to? Not to you, right? I, I think that, that uh, some of us, the way we act, we, we want uh, people to present their life before us and that we would you know, have inspection and that we would say, well, I approve of this. You need to work on this. You know, this is, you know, it, it, it's not an inspection of one's life. He says, the, these, these things all go to the, the one that we need to acknowledge, that everyone will acknowledge, is God of overall, verse 12, and that we would give an account of ourselves, of our life that we are living, the life that we have, the things that we have done to God. Judgment seat of God, and that we would give account of ourselves to him. Now, uh, let me summarize this, three things. Three things, and these are so like so important. I hope we get these. I hope these are encouraging to you, and as you think through the way you talk, the way you live, uh, the way you talk one another, and the way you cherish the church and the unity. The first thing is this, and we've already gone over this. When you think of others, him or her, in the church, as you think of them, embrace, welcome them, welcome him or her, welcome them. How? Welcome them as God welcomes them. As God welcomes them. In grace, God, and and it's simple because we go, oh, God welcomed me. Welcome me. I I was a mess. Like, there, there weren't just opinions that I was doing wrong. It was black and white sins. I had a rap sheet a mile long. I was useless for the team. But we are to welcome one another as God has welcomed us. Number two, uh, don't participate in staff evaluations. Don't participate in staff evaluations. Some of you are looking for the job. You're looking for the job. You, have you ever been evaluated as a, as a staff person? the dreaded staff evaluation, right? 
And, 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 and this is what I'm getting at. I, I think that a lot of us have been uh, on the other side and we've dreaded that staff evaluation, but others would volunteer for the job of evaluating. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. In fact, you should work yourself out of that job. You should say, I, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. And not just am I not qualified to evaluate somebody else, I'm a mess myself. I'm a mess myself. So what business would I have of evaluating anybody else spiritually? Don't participate in staff evaluations. Instead, honor and give thanks to God. Did you get that? That he said that over and over again. He said in this idea of lordship, what do we do? How do we eat? How do we eat? How do we recognize days? How do we listen to music? How do we raise our kids? How do we do this? How, how do we do that? In relationship to God, in relationship to God, answering to him, right? Lord Jesus Christ, we, we are one who have a Lord. How do we do that? Well, we seek to honor him and give thanks for the results. Honor him, give thanks for the results. That's instead of. Instead of what? Staff evaluations, Right? It's not your role. If that's your spiritual gift, your spiritual gift is not needed in this church. Okay? Okay? I joke. It's not a spiritual gift. Some of you think it is. Uh, It's not. It's not. Uh, To seek and preserve the unity, in fact, it's detrimental. Don't participate in staff evaluation. Instead, honor and give thanks to God. All right. And then lastly, remember, please remember, we are the Lord's. We are the Lord's. And by the way, so are they. So are they. We are the Lord's, and so are they. The people that you want to like X out or criticize, they are the Lord's. So are we. We are the Lord's, and we will give an account to God. We will give an account to God. Not for the way they're living, but the way we're living. The things that we're saying, the things that we're thinking and doing, we will give an account to God. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word, power in it. God, I do ask that you would preserve the unity of Bear Valley Church, that we would be an encouraging place for all people, that sin would be abandoned and repented of here, and that you would strengthen us all, that we would not get hung up on the opinions of others and even our own opinions, that we would walk in faith and grace and humility before you. God, I do ask that you make this a refuge, a place of safety and encouragement as we seek to live for you, we gather together, and then as we spread out again this week, Lord, that you would uh, honor yourself in us as the church as we go out. God, we thank you for this in Jesus' name, amen.